Hey guys, welcome back to the Infinite Cannon Podcast. This is here, David. So, today we have a special episode. Uh, I know we've been using special episode a lot, but today is a special episode. Um, I see with uh, school starting back up with, for us, uh, being college students, so you know what. And also, us trying to prepare for some new stuff down in the future. We decided to take a pretty easy day today. And so, uh, today's episode, it'll be me and John going over a certain comic series we started called Curse Quest. Um, we'll go ahead and give y'all all the information y'all need to know on how this uh, series started, where it all began, and who played important roles in making this happen. Um, again, like I said... We do have a lot of new stuff planned for the upcoming future, and we do mention that towards the end of the episode, so please stay till the end, and you'll get a little bit hint of what 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 you'll be expecting for the future of Infinite Canvas. So, without any further ado, please enjoy episode 8. Welcome back to the Infinite Canvas Podcast. I'm John Venegas. And I am David Foz. And if the audio sounds any bit better, that's because I learned how my microphone worked for once. <laughs> oh, well, if John audio sounds better, then it's because he finally found out how it works. If mine doesn't, that's because it just doesn't. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> so, uh, last week's episode... Not last week. Uh, okay, so we record a little differently, uh, time schedule wise than what goes up. So it was last. It was a couple days ago for us. Uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that sometimes. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, we came out with the Jet Blaze versus Zenith, uh, uh, versus battle, and yes. I have to say, uh, really quick. Usually, I start off these episodes with like a criticism. Or some really stupid thing, but uh, to be honest, David, uh, the audio work that you did in that video, or the video, in that uh, episode was actually phenomenal. Like, I was not expecting this, like, uh, robotic-sounding, like, cyborg character <laughs> play it sound like an actual <laughs> fucking cyborg, like, at all. Uh, yes. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad this is recorded. I think this is like, the first time I'm ever going to get a compliment like that. So, uh, I'll take it. Uh, no, thank you. I, I actually really loved working on this la- the last episode, too. And I'm glad that you liked it. Therefore, I'm pretty sure other people will like it, too. That's a really good metric to go off of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, in today's episode, uh, we actually are going to, instead of making something... We're talking about making a new thing. We're going to talk about a, an old thing that we worked on. Uh, we're still working on the project uh, as it looks uh, full scale. But um, it is a project that we have finished the first part of, of many. 
and that is our personal webcomic, Curse Quest, which we hardly ever talk about on this podcast, surprisingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> that is uh, very true. Uh, I, I, I tried to... Uh, I, I try to remember to include that at the end of the of the show. So hopefully for those of you who bother to stick to the end have at least heard of it and has bothered to take a take a peek at it. Yeah, we we kinda like barely mentioned it too, which is like the thing that really gets to me. And it's it's a thing that I kinda like wanna like talk more about. But like I hate I hate when I when I like try to get somebody into something because like I don't like to talk about spoilers, but here's the here's like a like one of those like paradoxes, I guess you could say. I want to talk about my comic to people, but I don't want to tell them about what happens in it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know uh, if you yeah. have that issue too. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I understand that little the paradox uh, situation you have where you want to talk to everyone about it, but yet you don't want to talk to everybody about it because you can't tell them everything, right? Uh, uh, so a really quick rundown, I guess, uh, for what Curse Quest is. Um, it's a fantasy uh, comic web. It's a blah blah blah. It's a, co- a comedy fantasy web comic. I use the word mm-hmm. "com" in there a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's an adaptation of an old D and D campaign that we played as, uh, uh, played in once, and we readapted the uh, game. Uh, to fit a narrative that me and David and uh, actually a third person who uh, doesn't even work on the comic kind of came up with together. And this this uh, narrative kind of evolved outside of the game that we played. And I don't want to really hog too much of this because I really I would really get into depth on it. But David, do you have any um, memories of how it started also? Because I, I, I can go on about how Curse Quest started. No, yeah. I mean... Okay, you see, Curse Quest started it um, by accident. Yeah, that's the best you way say. you can describe it. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, see, uh, for those who don't know, me and John are both uh, college students. We, we go to this thing called a college. And, uh, you know, throughout waiting for classes... We always would meet up in the little uh, like student area at one of the ca- at one of the little buildings in campus, and we played Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic: The Gathering. I hope you I hope you're okay with people knowing that about you, John. That you played. I'm okay Magic with people knowing Yu-Gi-Oh. all of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge and, nerd, uh, <laughs> and he also played this card game called Vanguard for a few stuff i was very disappointed when he i would definitely that. pick that up if i remembered how it worked <laughs> now, I, but, i'll do uh, it just to spite you <laughs> but i think there is a mutual friend of ours i don't know if it's okay to say his name is it okay Carlos? um yeah it's fine to say his first name i don't really remember his last name uh <laughs> it's like it's no 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 it's not like that at all No, you're good i, I don't know his <laughs> last name either so it's okay. I, I don't remember it so but his name was carlos and by the way carlos bro- if you're listening you're an awesome person <laughs> i mean it's just, i mean okay um he brought up some I don't know what got us into talking about it, but 
he ended up bringing up some figures, if I remember correctly, some D and D figures, and then after that, he said, "Hey, do y'all do y'all want to play a game? We I I can bring up some of my other stuff, and we'll start a game out." Uh, so we did. We started the game. I think we got all the way up to the character creation, and then we never played the game. No, 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 no. We did play the game though. Like that's the thing. We did play like. Up to the, uh, this is like, I'm going to make it sound like we barely played at all. We played up <laughs> to, like, the second level. We played up to the second <laughs> level, and we realized that the part of D&D that we liked wasn't the um, gameplay. Like, for me, it wasn't really the gameplay mechanics, because mm-hmm. to me, D&D's gameplay is really, first of all, uh, complicated, uh, and two, it, it, honestly, I find it complicated and kind of annoying, uh, but <laughs> if... Um, I mean, it's the same thing as playing. It's just playing a video game and finding out what the what what the it behind the scenes stuff is. No, I play like it's not like playing a video no, game. No, 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 no. That's if that no, no. Going into that mentality, but you stay for to D and D for the characters and for the stories, and that's I think why we got into making Curse Quest. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was how many people was it? It was. Oh, I can tell you this it one. Was uh, me. Okay. You and me, Corey, who is, by the way, uh, I'm going to reveal this, uh, uh, Requiem. That was actually really cool. Um, <laughs> uh, we had Chris. Uh, if Chris is listening to this, hi, Chris. Um, we weren't really friends, <laughs> Nothing else to be honest. Tell him? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't get along with him. Uh, he was <laughs> he was the original Mogarth. Uh, now, if uh, you, yes. now I, hold, really quick, I just want to point out, when I say original Mogarth, if anybody has ever read our Kobold's Dungeon um, uh, original comic, that didn't, by mm-hmm. the way, end. Uh, it got rebooted. Mogart's personality changed drastically from the beginning uh, of that story to the be- uh, to the new story, and that's because we retooled Mogart's character and who he was. Because Mogart mm-hmm. in the real in the game is, uh, and by the way, spoilers. I'm going to use a word that I know some people aren't don't really like. Uh, it's a it's a word that does trigger some people, and I do mean this out of respect. Um, Morgoth's original name was Morgoth the Unrapeable, and that I'm is so what... triggered. No, dude, I I do that as a place of respect. Um, I because I don't like to talk about it. It's a subject that I don't like to talk about a lot, and I absolutely hated that idea that that was Morgoth's name. And so, mm-hmm. retooling the character, I decided that I wanted to keep some convention of how his name worked, but remove that mm-hmm. word entirely. Because his new personality had nothing to do with that anyways. And we yeah. we ended up just renaming him The Unbreakable, because I, first of all, think that sounds cooler. And two, mm-hmm. because it sounds like a cool title, just at all, like, completely. Very true, but, uh, spoiler alert... Don't you have him getting his? Don't you have him getting his skin broken in like a couple of pages ago with the owl bears? Uh, that is true. Uh, that was actually I wanted people to figure out why. Uh, so I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to explain why he can still get hurt. Uh, clearly it's in his name. Uh, but he still can get injured. Um, because you physically actually see him get injured, and he does wear bandages in the next chapter. And speaking about the old comic <laughs> that we ha- originally had, there's also two characters in there that 
have yet to be introduced in our new comic, which were played by another, some more friend of ours, the ones we actually, friends we actually liked, uh, Phil and Dylan. Dylan, yes, Dylan was, uh, he was our ranger, uh, he played Fwa yes. of Jylocassin, and, <laughs> I mean, I love that he, name. yeah, like, the dude in real life was really cool is really cool and his uh this is just gonna be the podcast episode that we're just saying all our friends are cool uh <laughs> but after this they all suck yeah after this like we we hate you guys uh, uh i'm just kidding I'm, I'm doing a little heart hands thing by the way and that's not a lie that's i know you can't actually see it but you're gonna have to take my word for it why are you doing a visual thing on an audio podcast sir mm, i don't know but uh we did also have uh, Phil. Phil uh, is the uh, uh, oh shoot, he wasn't in the original campaign. He was introduced later on. He, he, he was thought... no okay. Oh, hold on. So our first story was the one that the comic was directly based on, in which um, mm-hmm. Phil's character wasn't in there yet. Uh, Phil's character isn't in in until we played the second campaign. That's the one where Mogarth died. Uh, Mogarth's not gonna, if, if Mogarth dies, he's not gonna die the same way he did in this, uh, campaign, uh, where, uh, we, we as the players kind of basically killed him, (laughs) 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 or let him die. (laughs) If I, you know, if I remember that day, um, he, okay, he was being very annoying, and, uh. So I think wait he died from the trap didn't he? Um okay uh before we start just referencing random moments of this I think it would be beneficial to kind of just like explain what happened like uh, like okay. it, since there's only two chapters we did like it for the uh from from the game itself I think it would be super easy to just run down really quick. So um in the original one we were supposed to uh go to another town to get some food for uh the village that we were from. Uh, and so in order to do so, we'd have to go through a, a dungeon, a kobold's dungeon. And in going through it, we fought a bunch of monsters, like traditional D&D thing. Uh, and at the very end, we fought like six kobolds, which granted isn't really a lot, but like that was like the end thing for us. We fought all the kobolds and we succeeded in that. So then on our next mission, the second mission, uh, I don't remember the exact reason why we were doing it, but we ended up in a, uh, in, in a room where there were mushrooms. And uh, one of us did a check on the mushrooms, and we found out they were poisonous. Now, at this mm-hmm. point, in real life, uh, Chris shows up, and he wants to join in on the game. And so then he enters the game, and so then we kind of just BS our way in this and say that Mograth has joined the party from somewhere. And so then Mograth goes in, and he enters the room with the mushrooms. Carlos, the DM, tells him that there are mushrooms in the room. And then he asks him, what does he do? And then he... Ha- Chris looks around at us, assuming that we know what's going on, and we're like, nah, it's cool, you can do whatever you want. And he's like, okay, so Mograth eats the mushrooms, and he dies, because we knew they were poisonous. <laughs> and we were super glad that we got rid of Mograth, because it was Chris, and he was finally gone. <laughs> you made us sound like bad guys there. Us or him? <laughs> us. Oh, no, we're super... Just- we're super bad guys. We let him, we let his character eat mushrooms, <laughs> and I let him do it again. <laughs> Not in real life, though. I wouldn't uh, wish him anything in uh, any pain in real life. Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that was 
that was all of us. Uh, we started our campaign. Uh, I swear, I did not think we actually played any games. Uh, I, I, I did. I do remember playing like a little, like one-off games, like whenever we were free. But um, I mean, I always I think saw them as in, I always saw them as continuations of the same story. Because mm-hmm. like I kept leveling up my character, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you were supposed to. I, I didn't. Really, I didn't really care. I saw it as Walmart's Damn. always doing the same, uh, same journey. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there is that. But I mean, we didn't play that many games with our characters, Mm-mm. mostly because we got stuck with the whole backstory part of it and expanding on our characters' backstory. Because uh, we were playing every day, and so we so liked our characters, and so we just wanted to know, hey, why are our characters together? You know, what would make them be together? And we, they were just together out of nowhere. And that's when we started coming up with ideas of how these characters met, or why these characters were even together to begin with. Yeah, and it's like, we have to explain things. That was the thing, like, because, like, we um we actually started taking into consideration the reality that these characters had and because i wasn't familiar with the dungeons and dragons world and i didn't care to know we just kind of started making our own stuff up and things just kind of spiraled out of control um and so uh it was kind of left to like just me, David, and Corey when it came to character creation. Uh, mostly just me and mm-hmm. David, but Corey was still there every once in a while. So we just asked him, hey, does this sound cool for Requiem? And he's like, yeah, that sounds cool. And so um, <laughs> we kind of started interweaving this uh, story where the three of them were involved in something bigger than they were. And so that's why in mm-hmm. the first, uh, not in the uh, original one, but in the reboot, which I'm just going to say... I'm just gonna call the first one the um, the original, and I'm just gonna refer to this to the new one as just the that one that exists, you know, the main one. <laughs> uh, yes. And so, because it is the main one now, um, you'll notice that it's the three of them traveling first because that's just how we came up with the story. It's mm-hmm. the three of them traveling together, and Mogarth ends up with the group eventually. We find Mogarth eventually. And the reason it was Mogar first is because uh, even though we did not like the player <laughs> playing him, uh, we actually really liked the character itself. And so, because even, uh, I, I think you, I, you did ask me, is it's like, hey, do we want to have any people from any of the original people meet up first? Or who do you want them to meet up first? And I think we both pretty much agree that, hey, Mogar should be the first one. And um, of course, when we first we're going to introduce Mogar, we were going to make him completely stupid. Which I absolutely like, just hated. completely stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely I we, hated that. Uh, when we first meet him, was uh, was still going to be in a tavern, like the comic uh, depicted, except he was supposed to have uh, a bunch of quests that <laughs> he supposedly he had completed. <laughs> and that was supposed to catch uh, Juarez's eyes. Uh, what you don't see is in the background is that he actually turns them into the fail section. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so that was supposed to lead into that, hey, 
Mogart, he is not he's not good in the head. There's something wrong with him. But then like John said it wasn't as fun to write for a character like that. And um and plus it would just end up being like a Hulk character. Yeah, and that's the thing. We don't I want don't... a Hulk character. Especially when people already kinda look at Walrus and think he's a Thor kind of character. And it's like, <laughs> Wow, thank you. I mean I understand where you're coming from. He has a hammer and he's got dev- he's he's oh oh I was about to say something. I said he's he's a cleric, so like people assume he's connected to the divine, and he's you know got a beard. And here's the thing: it's not really a spoiler. Have you seen Boris do any divine magic? <laughs> <laughs> Has he healed anyone? <laughs> uh, we'll be uh, touching up on that in this actually in this chapter that we're working on, chapter two. Well, hey, look, let's go down the list from characters. Uh, because, I mean, the characters these that, you know, have been depicted in the comics weren't actually the original characters. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I don't mind starting off with Avalon. Yeah. But, I mean, Avalon's original name was, uh, oh, what was it again? Master Trollolo? D- I think? It was Master Trollolo. <laughs> <laughs> And then I suggested you call him Dolan Trollo. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and, and that was his name for a while. Um, as from what the name suggests, he was a troll character. He was still a wizard. Uh, I mean, a sorcerer. Oh, wow. You screwed oh, that God. one up. Wow. <laughs> wow. He was a uh, sorcerer. Oh, God. And, and he was still an elf. Oh, only thing it was is that uh, he was a completely chaotic, evil character. Because I've never played a character like that. And the thing was is that he was supposed to be uh, pretending to be good, which I did a horrible job at that. <laughs> but he was supposed to be the troll of the other group. And I think I did a good job because I-, I, I-, I did not annoy a lot of people. Uh, particularly the only person I did annoy was Dylan, but that's because that was just my job throughout the day well, to annoy him. Was, I'm, I can't <laughs> confirm or deny what his alignment was, but I'm pretty sure Dylan's character was lawful good. Yeah, I think everyone's character was good, some form of good or something. Well, no, okay. None of them had an evil character. By default, I think most players play as some sort of chaotic or some sort of good. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think Dylan's character was played as a lawful good character because his sole duty (laughs) in the game was just to fight (laughs) monsters. Yeah. And so, that happened. And then, because I did not change his name until we actually had the idea of making the comic. So, he, he, Avalon had that name for a very long time. (laughs) And uh, once once John came up to me and was like, "Hey, David, I really want to make this into a comic." I was like, "Okay, let's go for it." Only thing was, we could not keep the name, and so <laughs> I I decided to uh, change it to Avalon because it's uh, I based it off the city of magic and the tales of Merlin and King Arthur, the city of Avalon. And so that's how he got his name. Yep. And so, and I'm happy I did change it because I did not want to have in a comic book see the words 
Master Trollolo. Um, so yeah, there's that. By the way, and I'm, if you're listening to this, I hope to God you've read our comic. Because first of all, we've already spoiled <laughs> stuff for you. And two, there's. I, I hope you guys, now that you've kind of like listened to this, we really hope that you guys have picked up on the fact that there is actually a character in the comics named Dolan Trollo. <laughs> he uh, forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that's the okay. So Avalon uh, isn't registered; is obviously not registered in the International Heroes Guild, which is literally what you think it is. It is a guild of heroes from uh, throughout the world. They're the official way of adventuring. You can still adventure, but like if you're part of the guild, you're you get a lot of bonuses and benefits. Um, so since Avalon clearly isn't in the guild, he kind of like pretends to be someone else and by a stroke of luck gives a real person's name that looks exactly like him <laughs> with the exception <laughs> of a mole he which he just poofs illusion onto his face and he looks exactly like him and a couple pages later um when the owl bears the olvorn are attacking uh you see some guards just carrying off the man who actually is Dolan Trollo and he is saying hey you got the wrong guy. Like, I'm Dolan Trollo. And they're like, yeah, sure. Shut up or we'll tase you again. Basically something like that. And I was so happy to finally get some, like, closure. It's like, I can finally make a reference to this shitty name. <laughs> Which, I mean, up until now, no one would have gotten that. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> But, uh... Yeah, when I saw that, I yeah, I I did bust out laughing, just remembering the stupid name I gave him. Uh, I I at least we got to see it in the comic. <laughs> uh, now, at least for Requiem, we can't really say much since his creator is not here. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, but, we probably uh, should have mm. found a way to contact Corey about that. To be honest, <laughs> like I probably could have contacted him, but. Um, it's oh, yeah. all good. So you, uh, but, uh <laughs> you can tell about how Warus almost wasn't a human. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, nifty little thing about D and D is that it is a game of imagination and being whatever you want to be. Imagination, right? The rules of reality are at your whim. Unless you have a hard-ass DM who wants to make sure that you have to do exactly what is in the rules. And you have to do a lot of convincing to change those rules. Just to let you have a little bit of fun. And so, Mm -hmm. Carlos was a great DM. I'm not going to complain about that specifically. He did, however, have a tendency of following things by the book. And was a little Mm -hmm. bit more rules-oriented than story-oriented. We kind of supplemented the story Mm -hmm. in our own heads. And so, as we were creating characters, I saw that I wanted a Warhammer. I wanted a Warhammer so bad because I wanted to imagine just, like, going in there and just, like, two-handed, like, sledgehammering my enemies. And so then, in order to do so, I had to, first of all, have a, a Warhammer proficiency. And I also wanted to be a cleric. And so, uh, as a cleric, e- each of the deities can have a... Um, a preferred weapon. And so I found a deity that was perfect for me. He had the per- uh, the preferred weapon of the Warhammer. 
and he was neutral good, just like I was. The only downside is that he was a dwarven god. I don't remember his name. <laughs> uh, but Carlos said no, because I wanted to be a human. And I told him, what? And he's like, in order to have this god, you must be a dwarf. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I would. I'll never be a dwarf, like ever. Like, why would I be a dwarf? Like, I have the option of being whatever I want to be, and I want to be a human cleric. <laughs> and he's just like, no, you have to be a dwarf. And I'm like, I want to be a human. And he's like, okay, tell you what, I let you do this. Just like, don't do anything stupid. And I didn't do anything stupid, so like it was, it was all cool. Um, I did refuse to heal Chris <laughs> once, though, when he asked me to heal him. Um, mm-hmm. there was a specific battle where uh, Phil and uh, Phil, I and uh, Tony, who was playing a halfling rogue, uh, Phil was playing a, uh, a a druid. I don't know if he was human. I think it was a human druid named uh, Eloise, and. Um, Chris was playing Mogarth. Chris was down on health, and he asked me to heal him. And so I turned around to Phil and I go, "How much health does your dog have?" And he's like, "Uh, <laughs> it's down like two hit points." And I'm like, "Hey, uh, Carlos, yeah, I'm gonna cast heal." All right, and then Car- uh, Chris gets a little excited, I can tell, and he's like, "Oh, finally!" And I'm like, "I'm gonna cast heal on Sheila. Uh, that's uh, Phil's dog." <laughs> and he gets mad at me, and I'm like, "Excellent! This is what you get for cheating at Yu-Gi-Oh to me." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everything because of a Yu-Gi-Oh game. <laughs> D&D is a power fantasy and I will have all the power. <laughs> I mean, you know, the DM has all the power. My imagination is stronger than anything that the DM can do. I convinced <laughs> the DM to let me have what I wanted. Well, that's because he wanted to start the game and he knew the only <laughs> way we will start the game if he let you have what you wanted. I was he had killer. us all held hostage. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, <hang on. laughs> okay. <sighs> I think then after that, uh, after that, it was pretty much nothing. It was just us trying to come up with what the first story was going to be for the series. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember how we came up with QuestCon. But oh my god. <laughs> lo and behold, QuestCon was invented. Yeah, no, I wanted them to go to a uh, tavern, but I wanted it to be, like, I wanted them to be there for a reason other than just going to a tavern, and I talked to David, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, what if they go to a convention, but, like, it's, like, like for adventurers, and it's, like, the <laughs> stupidest idea ever, but, like, it, it it's already happened, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That, hey, that is where one of your most favorite quests was invented. Uh, do you remember? Are you talking about the babysitter quest? Yeah, the babysitter quest. Oh my god! I don't know why you loved it so much, but you, dude, like, no, that's because oh my god! Like, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I think the curse quest really is a love letter to like all of our friends. To be honest, because like it's just so many references to things that our friends have done. And, like, I know that so many people aren't going to get them, but, like, it's, like, our way of, like, letting people know that we 
the the little things that they've done to our lives like kind of influence what we do and the babysit mm-hmm. quest was actually something that if you remember there was a, uh, an old friend of ours his name is kevin uh, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, he is going to actually make an appearance in the comic. He is going to play, uh, uh, without spoilers, a character in the third chapter. Uh, David, I don't know if you remember, but uh, we did say that Kevin was going to appear in it. He is going to play, um, I don't think it's a spoiler, uh, he's going to be playing a shopkeep in uh, mm-hmm. in the town of, can I say the town? I don't know if, you, if you're cool with me saying the town or not. You go for it. I don't think they're going to figure it out anyways. Uh Hey, so if you guys are interested in the comic, um, the t- we're, they're going to be in a town in the third chapter, and the name of the town is Misba. Now, if you Misba Misba M I S B A H M I S B A H yeah, that said it right. Uh, which is a town that we have been really excited to actually kind of like do a story for. But uh, mm-hmm. Kevin is going to play a character in there, and he influenced that joke because like he heard us talking out loud, like coming up with like names for quests that they can go on. And he's like, you know, be funny. What do you guys have like a babysit quest? And it's like, what? It's like, I mean, you guys are doing like fetch quests and like side quests, like normal quests that you'd have in a D and D campaign. But like the babysit quest would be the stupidest thing ever. And I'm just like, yeah, like what kind of adventure would go on that? And it's like, it's, it turned in, it's like one of those like inside jokes. that's funny to like you and a couple people, but you know, isn't really that funny. And so then it just became mm-hmm. that, like, it's just a background thing that some people might not notice. And I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that was created. So <laughs> you can thank him for that. <laughs> Kevin, if I ever uh, see you, I'm going to give you 10 bucks for that. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to try to avoid him every day. Then. No, of course uh, not. <laughs> and then, by the way, speaking about Mizba, uh if I remember, Mizba was going to be totally different originally. Oh, my God. It was just going to be like a very small town or something like that. And there's going to be like a quick stop by. It was never going to play a major thing no, it in wasn't. the comic. Uh, I do remember, I think it was Mizba. You can correct me if I'm wrong. We had the uh, the weird and magical shopkeeper that, uh, and I please tell me you remember this. It's the shopkeeper that worked at every store. That was supposed to be Kevin's character, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I remember that. Oh. When we first okay, when we first described this character, I, we could not stop laughing, <laughs> and it was uh, basically the idea was this character worked at every store, every store in in this town, and we and the we the way we did it was that we had stopped by the blacksmiths, and we had we had gone in to get some stuff prepared, and we drop it off, and we're like, oh yes, yeah, I could take care of that in a jiffy. It's like, great. Hey, do you happen to know where's the magic store? You know, where's all the, where's the store where they sell all the potions and stuff? It's like, oh, that's right across the street. You can head right down there and get yourself anything you want. And so we walk down to the, to the potion store and we ring the bell call, to call the uh, storekeeper. And the same dude, he pops back up and we're like, wait, weren't you just working at the blacksmith? It's like, yeah. It's like, wait, so who's fixing our, our equipment? And we turned around, and he had to cast a spell on a hammer <laughs> to automatically fix, <laughs> to automatically fix your stuff. And we're like, "Wait, 
do you work at all the stores? Yes. <laughs> like, oh my god. I love that idea so much. Like, like I, I, I swear it's gonna be there for real. Like, like it's still gonna be there. Um, and it was just like fantastic. Like, just like knowing that that was gonna happen, and it's like. Mm-hmm. The downside of like working on something but having so many other obligations is that you like never find time to finish something, and that's like a little disappointing, <laughs> but also kind of exciting because you really want to get to the to the good meaty parts. Yeah. Now, um, I want to admit this really quick. It's been fun working on it, but it's one of those things that you kind of like look back and you see something and you go. That didn't really go the way I wanted it to. And now, our first chapter was done completely as us being more amateurish at writing and doing stuff. And I've taken, like, I'm I'm obviously in college. I've taken so many courses on, like, on, like, how to, like, on, on art stuff. I've taken classes on writing and stuff like that. And I'm just, like, I could have done that so much better. We could have done that so much better. And, <laughs> like, if, if. I'm not going to redo it again because like that, that would be the third time and I'm done. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do it again, but like, I wouldn't have like started with like walrus, like saying anything about his memories. I feel like that should have like occurred more organically. It's what it is now, but that's how it works. Uh, also, I feel like we focus too much on him because he's really not the star of the show. He's really not the star of the, of the comic. It's supposed to be an ensemble mm-hmm. cast of different characters, but like he's obviously the character that I played in D and D, and like I tend to be kind of like if you've been paying attention even in this episode or any of our past episodes, I tend to like hog the spotlight a lot, and I don't like that. Like I do it when it happens, but like I regret it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that's completely understandable. Yeah, I mean because. I mean, most of the time, when I, because uh, for the second chapter we're doing, uh, I, I did uh, the writing for that, and then John, uh, he edited down and added changes to it to best fit uh, the story he also wanted to tell. Because basically the way we do our stories is that John, he he sets out layouts for me. He, he tells me the beginning, middle, and end, and I pretty much have to try to connect the dots. And then he takes a quick look over it and makes any changes that he thinks will make the story better. And so typically when I'm writing some of the stuff, I find it a little bit hard to not write for Avalon more. Because Avalon's my character. And uh, there's many times where I'm writing, I'm typing stuff out. Like, oh, Avalon did this. And then Avalon did this. And then he did that. And I'm like, wait, this is not an Avalon story. Okay, this is a team story. So I have to go back, delete some stuff, and try to make and try to give the spotlight to other characters. But I mean, I I understand that, you know, you you you're try you try to be biased and try to give everyone a chance to shine. But I understand that part of sometimes accidentally giving the spotlight to your own character. Right, and um, the thing is, though, is like uh, this is this is a difficult one for David. I know. I like to have, I like to think of the story with a lot of characters and (laughs) like we have a lot of characters we haven't revealed yet. And I know for a fact that it's Mm -hmm. pissing David off. (laughs) 
Uh, no, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things where uh, it's like for me. Like every time John t- comes up to me and tells me, "Hey, David, I have this new change I want to do. Can we do this instead?" And then goes like, "Hey, you know what, David? I kind of want to change this now to this." And then usually, what I always tell John is, "Hey, if it makes the story better, or if you can find a way to make it fit, I don't really care." Because, I mean, that's all I want to do. I want to tell a, a, a story. And a, a good story. So, I mean, it might come off to maybe... Uh, maybe you feel like it's annoying to me. But it's not. Because for me, I, I want to tell a good story. And I know most of the times I'm not that great at coming up with my own stuff. But mostly a lot of the stuff I've come up with is stuff that I play off what you do. Or what you make up. So, I mean, for me, I don't really... None of that really bothers me, and uh, hopefully it doesn't come off it as it is bothering me. Okay, no, no, it's just, like, I feel like it does, just because, like, I'm very sporadic <laughs> and I'm very, like, additive when it comes to stuff, which I think is funny and mm-hmm. ironic in a sense, because, like, when you give me the script, I'm very subtractive of it, and I'm, like, I have to, I, like, list things that need to be in there, and then I remove things that don't. Which I didn't do in the first mm-hmm. chapter, which is why it is 33 pages long and not 22 pages <laughs> long or 24 pages long, like it should be. Mm-hmm. But it, 36 pages is what it ended up becoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, like today, like I'm not gonna like I don't say anything about what happened, but like uh, like specifics. But like I came up with this really cool concept because uh, here's the thing for Curse Quest is that we have a beginning, we have a middle, and we have an end already in play, and we're just filling in the gaps as we go. And so, uh, earlier today, I told David, look, we have some stuff that's coming up in a couple chapters that are going to, like, introduce elements that are going to happen later on. And then, right after that, I go, also, by the way, I have some stuff that's going to connect our uh, our penultimate uh, part of our, ch- our story with the finale. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of just... Uh, popped up in my head one day as i was like reading about like uh like like uh spirituality and stuff and i'm like this is perfect for like what we're doing because like it's it it really connects with like uh cleric stuff and like like uh uh uh, uh, like spirituality and religion and stuff and i thought this would be perfect for this Mm -hmm. and um i think that uh i kind of want to ask you a question actually and that's yes sir what are any like downsides you might have had because we've been talking about our positive experiences like what are some like negative uh things or like things that you kind of regret or like things that you want to get rid of in like not get rid of but like kind of wish weren't there in curse quests if you have any like if you don't Hmm. like i understand too because it's 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 a it's a story of like what we've made essentially huh uh, to tell you the truth, as of right now, um, I don't think I've had anything that was really a bother to me. Um, Except that it updates so no. so slowly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean that, that's that's a very the thing is, is valid that stuff like thing. that. <laughs> stuff like that doesn't bother me. Like as much as probably it should bother me, mm-hmm. but it it doesn't because I understand that you know, you know, art isn't something that's done quickly. 
especially if you wanted to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I understand that if you need a couple more days uh, yes. to, you know, touch... <laughs> Yeah, to touch up something or to just be in the mood to do something. I understand. I mean, for me, I've been stuck with uh, the end of MISPA for a while now. I have not been able to actually type anything up. It's it's just I'm having one of those days where I just can't. So, I mean, I completely understand. So, the time-wise, that's never really that's never really bothered me at all. But and story wise, there's also really nothing that we've done or changed that has really um uh got under my skin or nothing like that. I mean, if I had a nitpick and this is uh, this is gonna be very vague because it leads up to a important moment in the comic down the line, is that you're not willing to Oh yeah, uh, I know what you're. You're, you're not willing to do something because of how you think it's going to be looked looked upon. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing. I think <laughs> if the only issue I really have is that you're scared. I mean, I don't know if "scared" is the right word, but you're really nervous about what other people are going to think about the choices you do. And I'm not like that. I can care <laughs> for me. I can care less if you know I do something. And it might be looked upon to be like, oh, ooh, you shouldn't have done that. That's kind of, oh, that's kind of racy or something. And it goes like, what well, for me? I don't, I don't see that. And that's something that I that doesn't bother me. But it it does prevent you from wanting to do stuff. And I, I guess overall, that's the only thing that will bother me. Okay. No, I like I, it's a valid valid argument. And I think, and I know that some people are listening to this and like, what are they talking about? What's what's going on? <laughs> Uh, I'm we'll, trying to be completely as vague as yeah, I can. Yeah, so I'm. I understand. Telling, I understand. But, uh, I understand. Like, I'm not going to go into detail, but like, yeah, it's. <laughs> I understand completely what you're talking about, and it's. Uh, it's something that I struggle with because, like, in my heart, I know that I want to do something like this, but also like my mm-hmm. consciousness is like, that is a very like wrong thing to do when it comes to it, because like it belittles uh certain groups of people. And I'm just, you know, like, I want to avoid that as much as possible, but also it's, it's just like a coincidence, really, that these characters end up the way that they are sometimes when we design them. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I, I've heard people like ask uh, around about how to make a diverse character. And it's like, you don't tokenize them. You just make what you think works. And that's why I think mm-hmm. that, you know... Um, uh, a lot of characters in earlier works that I've worked on, and also like just in Curse Quest in general, you'll notice a lot of characters tend to be kind of white because, like, I'm Hispanic, but like I think with like an American mindset, and so a lot of characters that I mm-hmm. write are by default white. Um, but as I kind of grew up and I kind of got used to like, uh, like seeing more people in media. It's not just real life, it's just in media, really. Because, like, in real life, I see all kinds of people. But in media, I see a lot more kinds of people. And as I grew up, I started to, like, learn more about different peoples and actually, like, talk to them and not just avoid them. And I learned so much more about them. And it's like, oh, of course this character would be black. Or, of course this character would be uh, a woman. Or, of course this character would be uh, gay. Or, of course this character would be whatever. And it's one of those things that's, like, I'm sorry if, like, something bad happens to them. 
and it's just you know it, it it's <laughs> it's heartbreaking when it comes to like the perspective of like that and like i understand the the valid argument that somebody might give of like oh you you totally killed that character because they are such and such and it's like no like you are you have every right to be angry at me but that's not my intention no my intention was to Mm -hmm. use that character's archetype to like do something um and so like i i understand completely at this point like what's gonna happen like the backlash for what might happen and like i'm kind of willing to accept it but i'm also i'm also already kind of like wrenching you know like inside because i know that (laughs) it's what you want and it's like i'm not going to stop it from happening or uh or i might or i might just like murder you one or the other uh (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for confessing it on the podcast what that i'm gonna (laughs) murder you Yes. Oh yeah. Well, if David's body has ever showed up dead, like even if it <laughs> looks like it's been uh, completely mutilated, or if it just like died of a heart attack, like you just assume it was me. So you have a death note or something now? Oh no no no! Like I'm going to poison you. I don't have a magic book. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, yeah, and yeah, when the way you're describing why this is why you see things like that. It's understandable. I, I understand that, especially these times now, you have to be careful with everything you do. But for me, I always, as like I said, if it makes a story, you know, good, or makes it meaningful, then I'm the type of person that will jump to the opportunity and do, you know, what has to be done to get that you know reaction from the readers and i mean i might not think of the consequences uh you know at the beginning you know it might hit me after but i don't know i for me i the story is number one on the list and then what people think is you know second i mean and I know that might be a bit harder for us, for you know, other people to prioritize, you know, what you know, all that stuff. I, I at least I do understand where you come from. Yeah. Um. Do you have like I? I'm not trying to like change the subject or like anything. I'm just trying to like keep uh keep the narrative flow going, the conversation going, and like trying to keep under like our usual time uh wait there's some we forgot to talk about one oh one something well what's up i'm like i'm not, i mean like we, we don't have to stop until we think we're done oh <laughs> uh, no it, i totally forgot until right now you forgot to talk about one of the most important characters in, in our comic is it owl hunter because i want to talk about him <laughs> it's owl yes! there. <laughs> i was actually about to mention him <laughs> I was going to I was, was like, I was going to ask you who's your favorite non-main character and I was going to just yell and interrupt you with Owl Hunter. <laughs> uh, I, okay, I don't know if you purposely left it to the end. I totally forgot until now. <laughs> I did but it on purpose. Owl Hunter. We've never we did not say how this guy came into creation. 
Oh yeah. Also, how he came into still being alive. Um, <laughs> um, this character became a lot more important than what he was supposed to be. Like super more important. And, uh, <laughs> he was just supposed to be a one-off dude, just for comedic purpose. And then John fell in love with him, and now he's. He survived his his battle with the Outbear in the first comic. And you can trust me when in this, and I'm pretty sure it's okay to say this, this is not going to be the last time you see him. No, it's not. You were going to see him again. If you liked, if you liked him, you're going to see him again. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what, I, I don't know, I don't want to say when, but you'll see him again. He's not going to like be the secret, like savior of the world or anything. I'm going to just tell you that now. <laughs> He's not going to show up at the very end and, like, <laughs> defeat the bad guys. He's just gonna, like, he's he's going to appear more often, but, like, not in the way you expect him to. Or, mm-hmm. or actually, if you're keeping in line with his character, exactly the way you expect him to. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah. Oh my god, I, I, Albert, uh, Albert Hunter was totally all John. It was his creation. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> at first, it was just, it was just gonna be him by himself, and then John decided to give him a companion with Minerva, mm-hmm. which her backstory is, is I think I think it's completely changed from <clears throat> what we're doing now. Right? I don't think that we. I think I can say it because it doesn't show up in the um, in the comic itself, and uh, I don't mm-hmm. think it's like. Like even if we mention it, it's not like a big reveal either. Like if we mention it, we mention it. Um, so uh, Minerva, why uh, her name is Minerva Wiseclaw. Uh, she was a little girl whenever uh, Owl Hunter, who is he, he he kind of like gives off this incompetent vibe. He's actually super capable, but only when it comes to fighting his preferred enemy, which is uh, D&D talk for uh, the one thing he's good at. Uh, because earlier today, <laughs> I actually, ironically enough, earlier today, found out what D&D class he would have to be. Because like when I came up with him, I didn't think of a D&D class. I just thought, hey, this is a really funny thing. Uh, and so then I found out that in Pathfinder, um, there is a class called the Verdant Grappler. Which is a variation of the brawler, which is a uh, man. I'm gonna keep on going back. Which is a fighter monk um, like <laughs> hybrid class, and so the Verdant Grappler is specifically a wrestler that wrestles a specific animal, and so that I'm like, that is literally what the Owl Hunter is. <laughs> he is a owl bear wrestler, and I'm like, David, I found what he is, and if you remember what you told me, like this happened today. No, yeah, you because t- okay, we're sitting across from each other, and I thought like, you were looking up stuff for uh, for for yourself, and then you just go, oh, David, I found it. It was like, wait, you found something for yourself? It's like, no, the Owlbear Hunter. <laughs> I found his class, and then I'm confused. I do not know where we're doing this, but uh, yeah, you tell me about the about the stats and the abilities of this. <laughs> A brawler, and the one thing you told me was that oh yeah, and he gets proficient in certain creatures, and and that's what the owlbear he has proficient fighting against the owlbear hunter, and then I tell you wait, 
proficient means you're good at it, right? <laughs> yeah. He's not good at fighting owlbear on owlbears, and which he is not from the depiction of the first uh, issue. He is horrible at fighting owlbears. <laughs> um, oh my god! Uh, so for <laughs> uh, for their backstory, uh, it was that uh, owl bear hunter, uh, or I, I just I, I like to call him owl hunter just for short because like it's um, just two words. Uh, by the way, uh, while while we have you here, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that his real name is Hunter. Uh, <laughs> like that is his name. His name is Hunter. Uh, but he likes to call himself Owl Hunter or Owl Bear Hunter, just whichever one he prefers. And so he is—he would go around from town to town, and he would just find these things, and he would just hunt them down. He does it for sport, but he also does it to protect people, because in whatever town the owl bears are in, they tend to just wreak havoc. And so there's a specific town uh, where he shows up. And as he does this, this little girl, she's like super impressed by it. And so then she decides that she is going to go and follow him to the next town. Uh, and so then she does, and her parents freak out. She is gone. And so <laughs> next town over, uh, by the way, in Curse Quest, we do have these things called scry phones. And scry phones are basically just like fantasy iPhones. They're just, they're mirrors. They're specifically mirrors or crystals. That have runes on them that allow you to contact other people with other stones or mirrors that have runes on them. So, he's in the town over and he gets a call from the guards and he's just like, yeah, so, uh, so, uh, we're under suspicion that you have, uh, that you've kidnapped somebody? And he's like, what? No. Finds out that this little girl is just hanging around him and she has not told him yet. And she's like, hi. Um... <laughs> So they find out, the guards, they kind of all cleared up with the guards, and they contact the parents, and the parents are like, oh, oh, she's just been following around the owl hunter. It's like, yeah. Oh, well, that's fantastic. He's he's a really cool dude. Like, you know, like like that. It's like, they're, they're really cool and accepting of this. Because, like, to their knowledge, he's a super hyper-competent battler. And so, mm -hmm. uh, when I say little girl, I mean she's like a preteen. She's not like a child. Uh, and so then, um, She's like really, really, high, uh, really excited for this. She's already kind of like started doing her own, uh, her own uh, ranger training, and so then she's already kind of learned how to do, uh, uh, has already learned how to fight to an extent. And so then the owl bear hunter kind of like teaches her a few new moves and stuff, and kind of like uh, when I say moves, I do I don't mean like physical moves. She's not trained in combat. She's trained in long range stuff. And so, uh, self-trained, by the way, and uh, she kind of learns more about how owl bears work, their anatomy, and because she's a smart cookie, she kind of figures out how like that works with actual owls and with bears. And she reads up on stuff. She kind of like figures out how most animals work. So she's basically a beast hunter, uh, which is an which is a ranger archetype, with a with a like a uh, with a multi-class in like uh i think it's arcan Ar arcanus i would say because she does she does tip her arrows with uh with different forms of energy we've only seen her do psychic energy at yeah. this point but she does do or uh, i say psychic it was purple it's a it's a type of like acid energy is what it was um <laughs> yeah which i didn't make clear by the way 
but it was a type of acid energy and you know that's just the kind of like character that i kind of saw her as yeah those two have become one of the most loved characters <laughs> we've created right behind our own personal characters right like we like them more than, our, than the main <laughs> characters oh god <sighs> Which, by the way, then, I'm super disappointed we don't get mm-hmm. to see more of the uh, bad guys that have shown up. Which we didn't have. Mm-hmm. We don't have a name for the, like their group, but like, granted, we don't mm-hmm. have a name for like the main group, anyways. But uh, oh, by the way, I I hated it when I found. Let's steal. Let's steal from another podcast to call them the. Uh, what did they call them? The Tres Horny Amigos. Oh my god! Are you talking? Okay, the Adventure Zone, <laughs> the Trace Horny Boys. No. <laughs> Yeah, there it goes. <laughs> We're not gonna do that. But uh, uh, while we while you've already brought that up, uh, I do want to mention uh, something that is that has always bothered me about not getting stuff done quicker. And it's mm-hmm. uh, I'm fairly certain I have a variation or actually have imposter syndrome, where I have a fear of like believing that I've copied somebody else or like. I have a fear that (laughs) somebody might think that I've copied something. And the thing that pissed me off, but also kind of like I liked about the adventure zone is that a lot of the things that happen in it kind of feel like things that were going to happen in curse quests. And that kind of pissed me off. But then I kind of thought about it for a while and I realized they're both based on the same thing. They're both based on D and D. And I guess like I have no right anyways to say that because like the only reason I wanted to do curse quest and I think you you might agree with me on this is because we watched Unforgotten Realms which was an internet TV an internet <laughs> an internet YouTube series about a dude named Sir Schmoopy of Awesometon and his uh friend mm-hmm. Elumas Nalo and they would just like travel across the the country and they would just <laughs> do outlandish things it was two guys playing Dungeons and Dragons and I think that's really, like, one of the reasons, like, we kind of got inspired. Because we're like, D&D can inspire you to make a story out of something. And if you can do something as stupid as this, you can do anything. And I think that's why I think it's kind of cool. is because, like, we didn't copy it, I guess you could say, when it comes to this. But this is what ended up happening. Um, and honestly, this happened with the Adventure Zone, too. And even with, like, any D&D thing, I, I noticed Dorelius and Associates does this, too. It always starts off lighthearted, funny, and comedic. But we have, and I can confirm this, it's not going to blindside anybody. Curse Quest does go to pr- some pretty dark places. We kind of have that planned out. We wanted to explore mm, yeah. some like darker things. And I think that starting off as a comedy is a great and fantastic way of doing this. Because it it shows the the readers the nice aspects of the world but then you start getting down and deeper and then it becomes realistic no matter how fantastic your story is Mm -hmm. but don't get us wrong it it might get kind of dark but we do still want to keep it and i think it's it's a word that kind of goes around in a lot of fantasy stories but we do want to keep it epic it's it's a story (laughs) that yeah like we want it to still be cool and inspiring and you know still be lighthearted to its core mm-hmm. but we still want it to like go places you know i'm trying to see if there's anything else we forgot i mean i mean it really is just I like mean, questions and stuff that we might have for each other 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've covered everything we really wanted to say. There is the villains, uh, the villains of the series, but I mean, one they haven't really been fully introduced, so there's not much we can say about them now. Uh, with, I mean, no, I mean, technically, as of right now, there's there's one character we have introduced. Um, which have you have you put her name on there already, Ash- Ashanti? I- I don't think, yeah, we've said her name, but, like, I don't think it's been super okay. obvious. Yeah, so Ashanti, yeah, that's that's the one. There's that. But other than that, we did uh, we did show at least what the group looks like. Mm-hmm. So hopefully down the line we can do this again and we can share a bit more about those characters once they get a bit more flushed out. Oh, yes, definitely. Um... One thing about them, the villains, uh, is that we've we've used Imperius's name, so it's really obvious they work for a dude named Imperius, and so it's one of it's it's I think it's kind of disappointing a little bit knowing this, but also kind of like I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. Also, like uh, like I said earlier, it was one of those things that I avoid shitty tropes. I want to avoid shitty tropes, but it inevitably happens sometimes. And now I have to work around it because I'm not going to go back and edit things around again. Um, <laughs> and it's that yeah. the main characters are dudes and the main bad guys are chicks. And it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. I turned this into like a uh, dude versus chick kind of like thing. And like, I don't <laughs> dig that too much, but like it happened. I'm sorry. No, I, I didn't remember you telling me that. I did for me. I did. I didn't see that. I. I did not. I mean, yes, there is an all girl team and an all guy team, but I didn't see that, like as a girls versus boys. I saw that more as uh, a team of idiots uh, versus a badass team. That's the point. Which were the girls, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that's how I saw it. And I mean, I still see it like that because I mean, to tell you the truth. The the female team is a lot cooler than <laughs> a- Avalon and Warris oh and Recreo. Like, I mean, they're complete badass. They are. Like, we haven't really shown you what they can do, but like, uh, just the like, it's. Not, I don't think it reveals like what they do, but their archetypes are supposed to be like the polar opposites of like the character that. Like, the reason that there's four of them, anyways, is because the original team of dudes is four, and I w- like. Here's the thing. I came up with the villains. Um, and so then, uh, I told David, I want a team of anti, like the, not anti-heroes, but like the anti-group for our group, which, you know, you guys might notice that we kind of like, like the idea of that, considering our first episode was literally like, like that. And when I say episode, I mean of this podcast was us coming with an anti-group for the, uh, Howling Commandos. And, um, that's what I told David. I was like, I want the first like set of villains that they go up against to be opposite versions of themselves, which I think is a stupid trope now, but like in, like in Marvel movies and stuff, like I hate, absolutely hate seeing that, but that's like, if they are like a carbon copy of that character, like yellow jacket to Ant-Man or like iron monger to Iron Man. If you're going to do that, I feel like you should subvert it to some point. Don't make them look like them, make them look different. And so then that's what I did for the, uh, for the girls. It was, uh, without going into depth on who they are and what they do, 
Um, you can probably pick it uh, pick it apart. I don't think you mind if I tell you who their counters for. Do you? Like, I feel like I really, really want to tell people. Like, I don't think it's like. Well, no. I mean, I'm, it's not going to spoil. I, I kind of oh, yeah, feel yeah. like it's obvious. Oh yeah. Like, I at least for me. I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's because I already know, but it kind of feels a bit obvious that who's who's supposed to represent who from each team. Okay. But I mean, yeah, you're free. You're okay. Free to go. Awesome. Go for it. Like I told you at the very beginning, I don't know what's what sounds spoilery <laughs> and what sounds cool. So, um, right off the bat. Uh, Mordriel is the uh, is the angel that has one black wing and one missing wing. She is meant to be the counter for Avalon, and uh, as you can kind of tell from the way they appear, I kind of wanted to keep the uh, black hair and uh, kind of long face thing going on for both of them. They both have uh, like this is design wise. Uh, they have the same like uh, the same like long kind of nose also. Uh, we have Rosemary. Rosemary is the counter for, uh, Walrus. That one's not as obvious, uh, but she is, uh, she is kind of, uh, hasn't been shown, but she's supposed to be kind of scrappy. Um, Claris is the bear. Uh, <laughs> some of you might have noticed that she is an actual bear. Uh, she is a druid, but she is also the counter for Mogarth. Uh, that one, I think, is the most obvious, considering they are both, like, the bigger characters. But, like like I said, not just because, like, the counters aren't just, like, the physical opposites. They are, like, they counter some aspect of the character they themselves do not have. We're, like, Mogarth's thing is that he is big and strong. Uh, whereas Claris is actually big and strong, but with the added bonus that she is a druid, which makes her infinitely more powerful than him. Uh, and then we have uh, Ashanti who is supposed to be, like, a not exactly a counter, but a counterpart for Requiem. In that Requiem mm-hmm. is a bard, and his specialty is music. And I kind of saw Ashanti as being, like, um, more of, like, a like an actress, like, uh, like a performer. And so then I really thought of the idea, this is the basis for her, I thought, you know what be really cool? What if we got a character who had masks? And, like, she interchanged the masks, and when she changes masks... She uh, changes, like, the animal that she can, like, see and control. Uh, see through and control. And so, like, as she swaps out masks, she can, like, change, like, what animals she can control. So, in the first chapter, we see her use two different masks. She uses the mask of the fox, which lets her uh, view the characters remotely uh, from very, very far away. So, her range on this is absolutely astronomical. Uh, she mm-hmm. can see the team with a fox. Uh, the the team is completely unaware of her presence. And she can do the same thing again with a mouse. Like, that small of a creature with a mouse mask. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that would be really interesting. Like, as another performer, you know? Which, Requiem hasn't done a lot of performing. Or any bard things at all. <laughs> He's just there. And, like, that's also another thing that kind of disappoints me. That he hasn't done more. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Um, There's a reason for that it, too. It, it, it's gonna get there. It's gonna get there too. But um, especially in this next chapter, I think we're yeah. gonna see a little bit more of Requiem in action. I guess he does um, some pretty cool uh, things. Like no, I, I know yeah. that, like in the description, I know that uh, when it comes to like describing things, it's kind of hard for David to understand what I say sometimes. And like when I give him notes back, like it's kind of hard. But like I envision things a little sometimes, and I don't know how to translate that without actually showing him. And so, like, Requiem does some really cool things. 
So, like, just be prepared for that. that I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, wait, I just remembered. Um, uh, okay. When we first played this, uh, when we first played our D&D game, uh, uh, Requiem wasn't always that successful in doing his uh, attack. You had shitty uh, rules. I don't know if you remember this. We had... We, yeah, you, I think we had this rule that every time he missed, his arrows will be teleported into a different dimension. And when the day ever came that he rolled a 20, uh, he wouldn't do critical damage. He'll do even something better than that. And that is every arrow he's missed with will magically appear in this world at this time. And hit the uh, hit the enemy, dealing him damage for every single arrow he missed. <laughs> and that was the most amazing thing we did. That's how bad the uh, the the rows were whenever he was trying to do uh, attacks with his uh, cross. Was it the crossbow? It was a crossbow. He uses the crossbow in the uh, original chapter also. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh my god, I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Um, that's why you haven't seen him do anything, because he sucks with the crossbow. Also, uh, I don't think you've noticed this, but he hasn't actually done anything. He's In the first chapter, we I think I can tell this. I, I, don't, I don't mind at all telling people. Um, in the first chapter, he doesn't know what to do when the owlbear attacks, and he kind of runs away, and he asks Walrus, What do I do? How can I help you stop the monster without actually doing anything? Uh, and so, like, I kind of... That was a kind of a way for me to try to show that Requiem is a pacifist, which is a shitty thing for like a D and D character to be. But like, <laughs> that was my way of like thinking: how come he's so bad at combat? And I kind of wanted to like expand on that and kind of like have uh, not Avalon uh, have Requiem actually learn how to fight later on, and kind of like you know actually participate in battles, but not yet. Not at the beginning. Don't worry. It's not as weird as having, like, an atheist in the D&D world. Which is weird in itself. Like, I understand, like... <laughs> like, in a world in fantasy where gods have been confirmed to exist, I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, at this point, like, if you're an atheist in a D&D world, that literally makes no sense. Because there are actual <laughs> gods that can actually, like, they, they you can see their presence... There are people whose hands glow, and they're like, I channel the energy of uh, a Sheke. And it's like, I, I just made that up. I don't even think that's a real god. Um, and it's like, uh, yeah, no, that's not real. What? I am literally talking to to this d- deity right now. Nah, not there. And the, if the deity smites them, and actually, ki- like, almost kills them, they're like, Nah, I'm still not. I I still don't see the evidence. I'm like, no, that makes no sense. <laughs> oh my god, it's all it's all good at the end. I mean, it is mind-boggling, but <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Um. But I mean, I think that's pretty much all we. We feel comfortable saying about what's currently going on with Curse Quest. 
That is true. And is there anything else you have? Uh, not any, not not new stuff. Now, um, old stuff. I don't really think there's much more we can really say. Um, other than uh, I already mentioned. All th- oh, by the way, uh, this is. I think this will be the last thing. Uh, people have asked me before when I uh, when I showed Captain Walrus to them. It the first thing they ask me is why isn't he a walrus? And then immediately after that, after I've told them why, they ask me then why doesn't he have a walrus mustache? And I will confirm this right now. When he was younger, he had a walrus mustache. <laughs> I am telling you this right now. Walrus canonically used to have a walrus mustache. So why did he get rid of it? Oh, he didn't get rid of it. He grew the rest of the beard. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't think this one's a spoiler either, but there is also a character named Narwhal. <laughs> he's uh really he's uh not he's literally not related to Walrus, but he's related to his uh, story. Uh, I don't think that's really a spoiler, to be honest. That's just the backstory thing. It's not a it's not like a an important forgotten memory thing. We do realize that he does have some forgotten memories, but like if we ever see that name pop up. You know, oh, it might, it might, it might remi- remind him of stuff. It might not. I don't know. Uh, be on the lookout for that name now. I guess. I don't really think we have anything planned for him <laughs> soon. So, like, I don't really. Think that's a. I realize now that I think out loud that whispering in the mic doesn't make it so they can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You don't have anything else, do you? Uh, no, not that I can. I think that's. Pretty much it. I, mean, there's, I don't really think there's anything else. All right, I think we're anything. I think we're done for the day then. Um, before we go, I don't. We don't have an episode planned out for next week. Uh, for the in the next two weeks. Uh, and so we'll kind of like let y'all know at the bumper, at the end, uh, whatever that is, whenever we record that. But uh, I do actually want to announce something really cool that we're going to be doing over the summer, and that is that. We have found some extra people, like we promised that we said we might do, to do uh, two okay. campaigns over the summer. We're going to be doing two different stories. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. okay to kind of tell you guys the premises, so it won't be like, uh, so you guys can kind of like anticipate it and expect it. And we're going to keep reminding you out uh, throughout new episodes. Uh, we might start reminding you at the beginning also, by the way. Um, to kind of like, just in case they stray off. What are you talking about, John? Yeah, it happens sometimes. What, what? I'm not talking about... No, what, what is this new thing we're doing? What, what have you not told me? Oh, you don't know about this, because you were, we weren't even talking uh, about this. What? Um. What? <laughs> we... Are you starting something else, no. John? Are you leaving me by myself? No, we're adding more people. You're still going to be one of the co-hosts. And that's what uh, I wanted oof, to bring okay. up. It's that starting up in the summer, and for right now, it's only the summer. Uh, we're going to go back to doing our old stuff afterwards. Uh, it's to kind of give us a little bit of time off and also to uh, have stuff ready. I'm going to be starting a masks campaign, and it's going to be... I've planned it to be six episodes, but we'll see how long it actually goes. It's a superhero story. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I've always kind of wanted to tell, but like never got a chance to tell. I've always wanted to tell it as a comic, but I 
at some point I kind of just realized that it was just the villains that I really, really wanted to see and stuff. And like the monsters and stuff that I kind of wanted to show. And I realized it was so much more fun to have other people play the heroes and see how they like work in this world. And this is a world, superhero world that I have been working on for so long. And I really want to start seeing it more. And I think what makes it unique is that it's not in it's not in New York City. It, it, I absolutely love Marvel comics, but I don't really like seeing so many superheroes from New York. It, it's starting to get on my nerves. And so then I thought it would be great to have some superheroes that are from our actual like area here in DFW. And so in summer, I'm going to be running a campaign. Uh, and I think I think it's okay to name it. It's called Spectrum Files. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. I, I'm really. Is it like the X Files? Uh, I guess naming convention. Yeah, I guess you could say it's like the X Files. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Uh, yes, the truth's out there. <laughs> I've never watched the X Files. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I know about the X Files. So uh, that's all I've. That's all I have to say about uh, it. It inspired Gravity Falls to an extent. I know that. Um, did and uh, also, um, if you wanted to tell your uh, your campaign idea, if you wanted to, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you're ready. That's why. <laughs> if you, I know that you're not. Um, I know you're not super awesome with names. So like, if you haven't named it yet, like you can hold off on that. But if you still want to just give us a really quick premise to like get people inspired, that would be awesome. Uh, the name of my campaign is called "Really Creepy Spooky Things." Uh, <laughs> did you say creepy crawly spooky things what did you say uh i forgot what i said Damn it. uh super creepy scary spooky things oh no I th- uh, <laughs> that's the name of my campaign and uh no we are gonna be doing a i'm gonna be running a pathfinder uh game uh featuring me as a dm of course mm-hmm. and john as a player, mm-hmm. and two to maybe three, no wait, yeah, two to three, maybe four other people, oh. hopefully, <laughs> I don't know, uh, but, no, yeah, bringing in some new people, like John said, to uh, start these two new things, I don't know if I'm gonna really go into what the campaign for me is about, because I still haven't it's not set in stone yet. It's nothing. But set in all stone I, yet. all I, <laughs> all I will say is just like the name <clears throat> of the campaign involves a lot of spooky, creepy, scary, creepy things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's Pathfinder. So it's going to be a D and D game, uh, which uh, I'm excited for. Honestly, I haven't played D and D in so long. Yes. And my brothers it's... keep on bailing on me when I ask them to play. So. <laughs> and for those of y'all who are saying, hey, why are y'all playing Pathfinders? Why aren't y'all playing uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition? Uh, just, you know, it's a quick sum up. We want to play a good game. I, uh, I'm i going to say this right now. I don't understand the difference between all the Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> uh, and so, like, if you put a gun up to my head and told me, describe uh-huh. to me the difference between D&D uh, 3.5, 3... Four, five, and Pathfinder. I'll tell you, that's their names. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, it's just D and D. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. 
We already know you got bad taste in things. It's okay. Uh, no, you know, screw this. Instead of doing a Masks campaign, I'm just going to run D&D First Edition. <laughs> uh, that's probably good, right? That, you got, like, what, three classes to choose from? Mm, 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 boy. Just three three good old classes is all you need. Get back to the basics. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even think there's any rules for that. Are there rules? I think it's all DM's discretion or something. Oh, jeez, that's terrible. Know. Are there even stats? Have they invented stats yet? Uh, I think there's only one stat, I and know. it's dice. <laughs> roll for dice. <laughs> you roll for your dice? <laughs> you roll You roll a d- <laughs> what, what do you roll for your dice? You roll 2d6, and whatever number you get, you look in the... Oh, God, I, I'm just coming up with rules at this point. <laughs> That's what the game is. You just make up your own rules. But, uh... <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you guys yeah. ne- uh, next time, then. Well, and we figure out what we're doing. Okay. So, yeah, next time, whatever we do, it's going to be good. No clue. No clue. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Hey guys, this is David again. Thank you for sticking to the end of the episode. Um, before I go into what we're going to do next episode, I'm going to do a little bit of house cleaning. Now, if you want to follow our show or our personal accounts, you can do so on Twitter. You can follow me on uh, on Twitter at, at CC underscore Foz. And you can follow John at, at JohnnyVE3. And you can follow the show at, at CanvasCast. Now, since today's episode was a bit special and we were talking about our webcomic series, for those of you who have not read it yet or don't know about it, uh, you can actually go read our web series on our personal website, SciStar.net. Um, and you can follow the web series on Twitter as well at, at SciStarComics. By following us there, you'll always know when we update our comics, so you can give that a read. So... Thank you again for listening to the show. Um, also, if you don't listen to us on iTunes, I really do recommend you head down there, uh, give us a subscribe there, and also while you're there, leave us some comments and ratings. We really do, we we really would appreciate to know what y'all guys think of the show and also how we can make the show better. Uh, so, announcement time. Next episode. Uh, me and John have decided to go back to an Odie, and uh, same thing we did for Mall Cop uh, in our second episode. We are going to do that again, but with another movie that we both have not seen as well. And that movie is Pixel. So, me and John are going to try to see what we can do with Pixel uh, to make it better, I guess you can say. But, yes. So, until next time.